Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1115 of the Juice Box Podcast. Nick's son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in the middle of the pandemic. Found during lunchtime at school, shaking uncontrollably, he was rushed to the PICU where he was later diagnosed. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. When you place your first order, for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year's supply of vitamin D. Drink ag1.com slash juicebox. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G7, made for all types of diabetes. Dexcom G7 can be used to manage type 1, type 2, and gestational diabetes. You're going to see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar right on your receiver or smartphone device. Dexcom.com slash this episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the continuous glucose monitor that my daughter wears, the Dexcom G7. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Get started today using this link, and you'll not only be doing something great for yourself, you'll be supporting the Juice Box Podcast. My name is Nick, and I am the father of a type 1 diabetic son. I also have a 16-year-old daughter and a wife. How old is your son? He is 13. He'll be 14 in August. When was he diagnosed? Uh, May of uh, three years ago, May. Okay. 2019, right in the pandemic. Any other autoimmune in your family? No, uh, none that we're aware of. Okay. Like nothing. It's strange. Uh, I, I hear you ask that question a lot, and I'm like, I don't have anything. Um, we get a couple brain tumors, and my wife's family lives to their 100, so <laughs> – you know, no, nothing, nothing celiac, nothing. thyroid, uneasy stomach after dinner, like nothing you can think of. Ah, uh, you know, I may have a touch in the last six months, like gluten sensitivity. Uh, I don't know if it's just being almost 45 or what it is, but I've kind of watched my gluten seems to help. Um, but as far as any diagnosed family members or any other type one or thyroid or anything nothing like that, of, there's, yeah. there's nothing yet. So how did you end up finding out that your son had diabetes? What clued you into it? Um, we came home. They were in homeschool at that time uh, or online school. And my wife and I have a small business with her family here in town and came home for lunch to get their lunch going because they were, you know, each on their computers. And our son had been, you know, shows showed all the normal signs before looking back, but my wife came home about 15 minutes before I did, got his lunch ready, brought it upstairs as I was coming home to, 
you know, make a quick sandwich or run back to the office. And I just hear a scream and my wife come downstairs like there's something wrong. There's something really wrong. I was like, okay. She's like, I'm calling the doctor now. Go up there. And he was just kind of shaking and, and couldn't really talk and just said, I it, something's wrong. Ended up, you know, even though it was lunchtime, our doctor answered the phone. We ran over to his office and it was only one, like only one parent could go in at a time. Mm-hmm. So my wife ran him into the office and I'm, of course, you know, in my car Googling what the heck that this could be and coming up with some pretty bad stuff. And about 10 minutes later, she calls to get the car that I have a room for him at the emergency room. And I was like, okay, that's great. But what is wrong? Like, what, why, what's going on? I, yeah. I, I know nothing right now. She just said, they said something about diabetes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way. And she's like, Nick, it just, we got to go. There's already a room. So we run across the street to the hospital. And uh, sure enough, he was, was in, in DKA, DKA yeah. and and not doing real well. Wow. So he was convulsing. Not quite convulsing, but he was shaking. He gets really shaky. Okay. And he was pale white and couldn't really communicate well. I don't remember what his blood sugar is. It was pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got IVs in him, you know, started bringing him down, and then he got transferred. They told us there's another child in the ER also with – the same thing going on and whichever one is worse is going to go to uh, the children's hospital about 30 minutes South first on an ambulance. And so I'm just kind of sitting in my car and I see the ambulance leave and I call my wife and she's like, Nope, we're still here. So about an hour later they take him and we're not allowed to go in the ambulance with him and uh, follow him there, drop my wife off again and my son. And he was admitted and spent about three nights in the PICU. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like both those kids weren't doing well. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, um, but we managed to get through it. Uh, my wife would spend the days there, and I'd spend the nights, or vice versa, whatever we needed to do, and mm-hmm. got out of there and just started this new journey. When you said that can't be to her, is it because he was eleven and they said diabetes? I just it never crossed my mind as a possibility. Um, my dad's best friend was a type one. So I grew up around it. I knew a little bit Okay. and he's actually been a huge resource and help, uh, the last three years. And I, I just, it just never crossed my mind that that's what was going on, that this could cause what was happening to him. I mean, obviously uncontrolled blood sugars have great effects in your body. I had no clue. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, the first thing I was like, there's no way, like there's something else. He's got a bad infection. There's something else going on. There's no way. Right. Uh, again, no family history at all. So it just kind of came out of the blue. You know, obviously he picked up some bug, we think, early December. We were on a trip to D.C., and that's when we first started noticing some signs looking back. My wife remembers smelling his breath, and it was sweet. And he's a really good kid, and he would have some moody outbreaks and was looking just thin, you know, wetting the bed, all the common signs looking back that we just missed. And Probably would have taken him to the doctor at some point, but doctors weren't even seeing patients unless they were super sick yeah. that time. So that, you know, it kind of makes you question, you know, could we have caught this earlier? We probably could have, but in the current climate at that time, there's no way. It's confusing. And I, I don't think we could have. How did they ma- uh, manage the education piece when you guys couldn't be in the hospital at the same time? Um, we were allowed... We did have a class at that hospital before we left. 
in all honesty, it wasn't very good and probably set us back years uh, of trying to get this under control. Like we left the hospital and never even, I never even gave him a shot, never practiced a shot, nothing. Hmm. They just kept saying, here's all the gear you need. Here's all this, you know, pins. And, you know, we walked out with two suitcases with the supplies that I didn't need with very little knowledge. In my opinion, I, I was not happy. We ended up changing doctors at the first of the year after about six months of, of putting up with it. Hmm. Um, it just, we were not a good fit uh, or they weren't a good fit with us. And, you know, we walked out, had no idea what we were doing. Basically, he was starving, hadn't eaten anything really in three days, you know, grab him a hamburger across the parking lot. And I was like, well, I think you need 10 units of insulin. I don't know. It's kind of what the math turns out. I don't know how we do this. So I stuck him and that's how we started and kind of had to figure it out from there. Wow. And your wife also, she didn't get direction either. It wasn't just you. Oh, we were together the whole time with okay, that. Like okay. we we didn't have, to, we didn't feel like we had good education at all. Mm-hmm. We yes, you, we count carbs, and our carb ratio was like twenty to one or something crazy like that at that time. Did, just didn't know anything. Like we kind of left in a in a fog, and they're like, "Oh, here's a number to call if you have any questions." Well, you know, we're checking blood sugar on his finger, and it's going crazy, and we're calling and having to wait you know, an hour and a half for an answer. Oh, you know, for them to call back. And they're like, why are you even calling? Because we don't feel comfortable giving him this insulin. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. We'll just give it to him. Well, I mean, is that the right thing to do? I mean, we were scared. I mean, right. literally yeah. scared at this point. <laughs> also, the, so it was, all, all the stuff that led me to call you is 90 minutes old now. So exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's a completely so, different situation. Uh, I had pretty, pretty, a pretty hot conversation with a doctor or a PA a few times before we decided we got to find something better. This isn't going to work for us. It was was this? I don't want you to tell me where, but was it an institution that otherwise you would have been trusting of? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had. I, I've never dealt with them directly, but I can guarantee you with anybody. I've had three or four other families in our immediate area that we know that whose kids have also been diagnosed type one about the same time as my son, within a year or two, and all the same age and we tell them here's our experience there i don't know you know just be careful and here's kind of what we like now and it's worked a whole lot better for us so we end up driving an hour and a half north now to see our endocrinologist and then they have a satellite office that will meet with a a physician's assistant two or three times a year also Hmm. just so we don't have to drive as far yeah all right so he's Diagnosed now, you guys don't have a ton of direction. They give you pens. What kind of insulin? Um, Humalog and um, whatever the long ass, uh, Lantus. Ah, okay. Lantus and Nova and Humalog. Novalog. Yeah, one of the, no, yes, sir. Sorry, Novalog. I apologize. Um, and you don't know what you're doing. You're counting carbs. One unit covers 20 grams? It was something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was on a, that doesn't sound yeah. right <laughs> is, is, no, for an 11 was, year old. Yeah, that's all. No. Uh, so we obviously struggled for a while until we, we ended up, um, like I said, part of it too was our insurance. Uh, like I said, we have a small family company, so we didn't have the correct insurance to deal with an autoimmune disease of a child at the time. We mm. basically had catastrophic insurance if something happened to my wife or I because, you know, your kids are supposed to be healthy all the way through life. So 
we ended up just calling and saying, what's the cash price? We'll take it. I mean, until we get our insurance fixed because we can't change it to the first of the year. Right. So we had, you know, that, that's the other side that we have to deal with all the time that just makes you want to pull your hair out. That's actually harder sometimes than trying to be your kid's pancreas. Dealing with the insurance company. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I, my, my sister-in-law just called me this morning. She got something from her doctor. There's no trouble. They gave it to her. A month later, she calls back and says, hey, you know, I need a refill. And the insurance company says, nah, you can't have that. She said, she gave, it, gave it to me 30 days ago. Like, well, now you need, oh, yeah. now you need this. She's like, what, what? Okay. She's trying to work today, you know, and instead she's on the phone with an insurance company, like, you know, begging people, people who don't know what she's talking about, like, you know, just phone jockeys. And, and it's just a, it's a never ending, uh, hellscape of, and then once it's diabetes, it's insulin and meters and pens and, you know insulin yeah. pumps and CGMs and you're having like a different argument over and over again. It's, it's maddening. It really is. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Dexcom. And I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the continuous glucose monitor that my daughter wears, the Dexcom G7. The Dexcom G7 is small. It is accurate and it is easy to use and wear. Arden has been wearing a Dexcom G7 since almost day one of when they came out, and she's having a fantastic experience with it. We love the G6, but man, is the G7 small. The profile, so much closer to your body. The weight, you can't really feel it. And that's coming from me, and I've worn one. I've worn a G6, I've worn a G7. I found both of the experiences to be lovely, but my gosh, is that G7 tiny. And the accuracy has been fantastic. Arden's A1Cs are right where we expect them to be, and we actually use the Dexcom Clarity app to keep track of those things. That app is built right in to Arden's Dexcom G7 app on her iPhone. Oh, did you not know about that? You can use an iPhone or an Android device to see your Dexcom data. If you have a compatible phone, your Dexcom goes right to the Dexcom app. You don't have to carry the receiver, but if you don't want to use the phone, that's fine. Use the Dexcom receiver. It's up to you. Choice is yours with Dexcom. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Yes. I mean, we had to, uh, we're at our one year for Omnipod 5 now. So got the new prescription. It got kicked back, something along the lines of it also had the intro kit on it and it needed prior authorization. And so they wouldn't even give us the pods because that was part of it. Yeah, and, that, that was in the very first, uh, the very beginning of Omnipod yes. 5, there was like an insurance, I don't remember exactly how it went anymore, but yeah, they would give you the intro kit, but then you could, but not the pods or something like that afterwards. And Yeah, so a yeah. year later, we're still having some issues with what's getting coded, and it, it's been a fight, and my wife just, uh, I just say, all right, it, it's six o'clock, it's time to, here, here's a glass of wine, Go put, just go try to relax. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, here's a glass of wine. Drink it, then we'll call the insurance company. <laughs> well, I don't have to bail her out of jail. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, how long does your son use injections for? And what was his experience like being diagnosed? Was it something that he went with or did he kind of fight against it? How did it all work? I will say this. He has been awesome. Never really any downtimes. He has learned to speak up and say, hey, I don't need any more juice or I don't need any more insulin. Like y'all are wrong. Don't care what the number says. Just trust me. We learned pretty quick to communicate with him 
and and let him kind of take charge of what he thinks he needs because we weren't doing it right. Right, we're still not doing it right. In my opinion, we're still learning to this day. Um, we have some room for improvement. I think the initial doctors that we had they scared the heck out of my wife and me. Mm-hmm. My wife's still gun shy on insulin sometimes, and just because. You know, they're sitting there telling you there's a hundred units of insulin in this thing and it could kill your kid if you give them too much. You know, there's still that thought in the back of our minds that I think has hampered us early on. And we're just now coming over that bridge to like, okay, we can, we can do better. Okay. My son Drew is been a rock star. Uh, doesn't let him bother it. He doesn't go wear it on it. Like he doesn't go the school. He goes to a small school here in town and the administration was like, do you want to give a presentation on your first day? And he's like, no, I just want to be a kid. Like, I don't want anything special. I don't, you know, he gets, you know, he gets to have his phone at school and no one else does. And his sister does just because she gets an alarm outside of that. He's like, I don't want anything else. Like, I just want to be a kid. And his friends don't care. He just goes and has a good time. Good. So we're lucky there. Real lucky. But yeah, he, he's had, he'll let us know because, we were holding him back in certain areas just because we didn't know uh, what was going on. And he was like, Hey, you know, it's okay. I can have a friend over. Like we, we can, you know, we can do things and like, Oh, okay. You're ready for that. We're, we, we may not be, but you're ready for that. That's fine. Tell but, me a little bit about yeah. how everything gets so confused. Like the, I don't really know what I'm doing. We don't feel like we're on firm footing. You know, you're down to listening to the kid tell you, I don't need more juice right now. Like so it starts off rocky at the hospital. I get that. You end up with a doctor mm-hmm. that's not real great for you. And But now, mm-hmm. how long have you been with a better physician? We're coming up on, I guess, two years now. Okay. That's a fa- fair amount of time then. So yes. what, what happens? Is it just the fear? Do you think it was just someone saying to your wife, hey, this insulin, you got to be careful? And then so she sort of can't use it the way it needs to be used? Or is it poor direction? No, I think a combination, but the fear I think is what's limited us the most. And like I said, we're we're overcoming that now. Mm-hmm. We we lived in fear of insulin for too long. I I found your podcast, started listening about a year ago, and kind of started injecting some of the information you give out throughout the year, you know, just to see if some of this will work. And you know, and of course, the one time I say let's pre bowl this early. Whatever we did, we screwed it up, and it was, you know, he shot down like a – it just hit the floor. So it, it, we're doing better now. But, it, it, you know, it was a lot of trial and error trying to get get him down. I will say the, the Omnipod 5 has helped make things better because when he was just on the regular one, I was up all night. His basal rates obviously weren't right. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when I say I, if I slept through the night once during a week – for two years, it was a miracle. I mean, I was up all night with him. So I think part of it was just pure exhaustion too. Yeah. And just stress, you, you know, you're in a, a pandemic. You don't know what to believe trying to make sure, you know, he doesn't get it. Cause at that time we, we were afraid that, you know, he'd end up in the ER and, you know, or worse. Mm-hmm. So we were locked down, we actually took him out of school for two years, hired a teacher to homeschool him basically, uh, you know, online, uh, his last two years at elementary school. Wow. Uh, which worked out great for him because he's very diligent. He got his work done by noon and was playing video games after lunch the rest of the day. <laughs> like, so he I, was happy as a wet duck. I can maximize this time. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
like homework's done, dad, let's get lunch. And I got some video games to play. And we'd always know who was sick. Cause like, who are you playing with? Oh, so-and-so. Okay. <laughs> and he must be sick. Cause he's not at school right now. Isn't it fascinating that the message is insulin is dangerous, but then there's no effort from them to make sure your settings are correct. Correct. Every yeah. setting change was very incremental. We finally got to the point, I guess, about a year ago, where we started. And my wife and I managed this together. We managed everything together mm-hmm. and slowly have been trying to get, like I said, his have the confidence to change the setting away from what a doctor said. And we're doing a lot better job. Yeah. Um, I just mean, I, said, I, I don't know. Like, it, I, I don't know what I mean. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like if you bought a car for the first time and someone said, listen, cars are great, but gasoline's very flammable. And then they just started pouring it in the glove box for you to store it there. They're like, here, just uh, we can get two gallons in here. Maybe we could fill the seats mm-hmm. up. Like, well, so like the this insulin, it's so scary. If it's so damn scary, why don't you make sure that the kid's basal rate's right so that he's not low all night long or that his insulin to carb ratio is somewhere near correct so you're not bouncing all around during the day? It's just, I don't know. I find that fascinating that someone in a position of power could say, that I know enough to say that this is dangerous. I don't know enough to tell you how to use it. Like that's like, how is that the person in charge of telling you? You know what I mean? No, I know. And, yeah. and, and you know, we were with the head guy or whatever. And oh, sure you are. He was too busy. <laughs> yeah. And he was, you know, too busy talking to my son like he was four, like in cartoon voices the whole time. And we, we just were like, this isn't right for us. Like, and my son's like, really? He's a doctor? I, I, so. Once we changed, it kind of changed the direction, but it took, it took a year or more for us to start trusting the process. Like, right. okay, here's what we need to do and understanding. We, we were set back a year mm. easily. Yeah, of course. Contournext.com slash juice box. That's the link you'll use to find out more about the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. When you get there, there's a little bit at the top. You can click right on blood glucose monitoring. I'll do it with you. Go to meters, click on any of the meters. I'll click on the Next Gen and you're going to get more information. It's easy to use and highly accurate. Smart Light provides a simple understanding of your blood glucose levels. And of course, with second chance sampling technology, you can save money with fewer wasted test strips. As if all that wasn't enough, the Contour Next Gen also has a compatible app for an easy way to share and see your blood glucose results. Contournext.com slash juicebox. And if you scroll down at that link, you're going to see things like a buy now button. You could register your meter after you purchase it. Or what is this? Download a coupon. Oh, receive a free Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. Do tell. Contournext.com slash juice box. Head over there now. Get the same accurate and reliable meter that we use. And, you know, and also you've said this a million times you trust the doctors like doctor said it's this many carbs and this is supposed to work. And then his blood sugar sits at 300 for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. What the heck are we doing wrong? Like why, why can't we get this right? You start questioning every decision you do. Right. No. And you just want what's right for your kid. Especially when the variables are unknown or you could be, you could have eaten something where you counted the carbs correctly, but the impact was greater than the carb count. And so now you're like, you, you roll past that in your head. You go, no, we counted the carbs, right? That's not it. And then you move on to what else could it be? You don't even know what else it could be. And you're missing, mm-hmm. you know, you end up missing the the actual problem. And 
also men who don't have children shouldn't be allowed to talk to kids. <laughs> I don't know if he has kids or not, but I really guess he does. That's, that's a good golden rule. I can, I can stand behind that one for sure. Yeah, before guys have their own kids, they're not like, they're not terrific at it. You know, I, I just, hear, yeah. I just love that your son's sitting there 11, 12 years old, you know, somebody's talking to him like Donald duck and he's like, Oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. He's got a wicked little sense of humor, very dry. And like, it's real funny. I'll be like, Good. seriously, dad, yeah. like, this guy, generally kind of quiet. This guy, yeah. like, this is the best yeah. we can do. I'm like, okay, you're right. I've walked through a number of parking lots in my life when Arden goes, why do we come here? <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> yes. they, they have the prescription. Absolutely. They have the prescription pad. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know where to get one of those. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, we kind of need this guy for a little bit, at least a little bit longer. So in your, um, in your note to me, you said that you you kind of found the podcast first. So how did that happen? How did you find it? And what did you start taking from it? I was probably just desperately searching online for answers. Got a couple books, kind of skimmed through them. Nothing jumped out at me as making sense. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how I found your podcast. But when I came across it, I started listening. I drive a lot, uh, usually an hour and a half to projects. So put a podcast on. And so once I found yours, it just, a lot of what you were saying was making sense. I just like the stories that people tell, you know, everyone has very similar stories in a lot of ways, same struggles. And it just felt like, okay, I can connect with this. I can see what's going on. This little nugget here may help me out down the road. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, and then I got on the uh, Facebook group and my wife does not listen to the podcast, but she's on the Facebook group as well, as long as another one in in uh in the north texas area uh that she knows a couple moms or is referred to that got her into a little private group up there right and it's just it's just a good community for information because he's 13 he's getting ready 14 we're dealing with growth hormones and you know trying to do sports and have a normal life with him and not hold back him or his sister or anybody else and just having as much information or someone at least to call and say, what the heck do we do wrong? Or what do we do here? Who, yeah. who, do, who do you call? We're not happy with this or that. And it's just, it's just a nice feeling of community that gives you a little bit of confidence that you're not the only one living this life of being your kid's pancreas. Yeah. No kidding. So, okay. So what started to make sense when you were listening? Like what was the first thing that struck you as like, Oh, that's inconsistent with what I'm doing, but makes more sense than what I'm doing. First thing I remember is that our basal rates were not right. I was trying to, okay, he's going down at two o'clock in the morning. So at two o'clock in the morning, I was adjusting his basal rate. All that did was when I gave him juice or whatever he was, you know, sugar tabs or whatever we were doing at the time, you know, an hour and a half later, he was skyrocketing up and I'm sitting there up all night long, you know, popping him with insulin, trying to get him to come back down. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I learned like, okay, insulin takes more time basal rates what happened 45 minutes or an hour ago with his basal is affecting him now yeah i mean that's the first thing that opened my eyes like okay we're trying way too hard to manage this every five minutes with basal when that was the wrong technique mm. yeah i in my head picture it as two different clock faces and there's the impact like what your blood sugar is doing and there's what the insulin's doing and i always wish there was a way to say it like without pictures but you can just if you just turn that clock face back, the insulin clock face back so that it shows you, hey, I know all everything that's happening at two o'clock feels like this is where you should make the adjustment. But let's just move the clock face back for the insulin 
and then say, oh, okay, one o'clock. One o'clock is when I should be trying, or even 12.30, who knows, right? However long it Mm -hmm. takes that insulin to work for you. Um, I don't know. I've tried a number of different ways to say say it, but I think what I've come up with is that, you know, what's happening now is from what you did before, you know, that, that, that kind of thing is, is so important to understand, right? Because it's, uh, I don't know, again, if it was a shield and someone was shooting at you uh, and the shield was really heavy, it took an hour and a half to pick up, you wouldn't know that, you know, the first time you, somebody pointed a gun at you and you go, oh, I'm going to pick up the shield and you couldn't get it done. But if I told you at noon, hey, someone's going to come here at one thirty and shoot at you, start picking up the shield now, then, you know, you'd be okay no one like a doctor is never going to tell you that again, like, Oh, insulin's very dangerous, but you don't want to bother to let me know how it works. It's fascinating, right? Like it, mm-hmm. you know, it's not right yeah, now. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I, yeah. You kind of feel like that should be insulin one Oh one. Yeah. The first day. Hi, this yeah, is how this works. That's how this works. Not you're going to kill your kid with this. If you, if you give them too much, most of them are just so busy going like, well, let's inject into a banana or an orange. You didn't even get that by the way, but, no. but, all that does is take visually the scariest part of it and make it more scary. Because by the way, like, you know, I get wanting to practice and all and that's fine, but that's not the same as doing it to somebody. I gave Arden an injection last night. She hasn't had an injection in like, I don't know, a year and a half. And I'm holding that needle going, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't done this in forever. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, it's the insulin. Like the actual scary part is how the insulin works. And that, I don't even think forget they don't teach it to you. I don't think they know either, especially in a hospital setting, by the way. Yeah. And you're already stressed out and you're just trying to, you know, learn as much as you can and you have no idea, you know, what's going on and what, what the future is going to look like. Right. Yeah. And then then you throw in other factors. I mean, his first week back at real school, you know, it's hot. It's in Texas, it's August. And, you know, first week went fine. Like I think it was like the Monday after that. Their school, they can, they the, the kids eat all together, like from seventh grade all the way to twelfth grade. And I'm in, I'm about an hour and a half away, and I'm checking his Dexcom, and everything's looking good. My wife said, "Okay, we gave him five units for lunch," and I'm checking out at lunch. And between getting my check and getting to my car, his blood sugar was just falling off a cliff, like double arrows straight down. My wife called, said, "I'm running up to school now." They, they don't have a nurse at our school. We're too small. And she's like, just call him. So he, he's walking to the office. So I call him and said, hey, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was playing football with all the juniors. <laughs> like, it's 104 degrees outside. And so I just ate real quick, took all my insulin, and now I'm playing, I was playing football. I was like, okay, that's why your blood sugar is dropping like a rock. I yeah. said, all right, drink some Gatorade. Just, you know, stay on the phone with me until you get there. Mom's in the way. Yeah. And, the, you know, they have a whole refrigerator, just a shelf for him. He gets there. It's like, all right. I need you to check your finger and, you know, the administration's there. My wife's there. There's a lady that helps take care of him whose husband is type one as well. And because at this point, I think it's like 55 double arrows down. He's mm. already had two or three Gatorades and juices just trying to stop his drop. And, you know, I'm in the car by myself just listening, cannot be there to help. And, you know, he checks his finger and the five seconds go by and I hear like this gasp and i said what number is it and he said six said, i'm like there's no way he'd be you know there's no way he's six okay get the glucagon he goes oh wait i'm holding it upside down it's 90 i said oh good job child <laughs> like That's the literally story. the air went out of the room when he said six like i was like he shouldn't be standing how is he at six 
And that's the story of how I had a small seizure and stroke of my own <laughs> sitting in my car. Yes. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like your, your number for sports from now on is now six. You realize that, don't you? Yeah. Way to go, <laughs> six. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's six. No. And, and that helpless <laughs> feeling. Nobody can... No one can describe it properly. I know it. You know mm-hmm. it. A lot of people listening yeah. know that feeling. And it's and your wife's, you know, mad dashing across town, trying not to, you know, take out somebody's dog in a crosswalk. And um, and and that kid's just sitting there, you know, doesn't know what he's. He just tried to play football. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, he's trying trying to hang out and be cool with the older kids. Yeah. So we're like, hey, uh, well, then then that started a downward spiral of. Hey, I want to play. Are you going to play with your friends after, you know, during lunch? Yes. Okay. So we're going to try to dose half your lunch. We spent a year trying to figure out how to, we never got that right. We still, still haven't got that right <laughs> of, of trying to dose him right, depending on his activity and then try to catch it up when he's in study hall afterwards. Mm-hmm. That, that, if you have any tips on that, cause it's eat, play hard for 30 minutes and then go sit in a, you know, sit in a room for the rest of the day. We, never got that right very rarely get that one right what's happening is he he's falling during the activity or after it uh, usually pretty quickly during he'd, he'd fall pretty fast i mean there were times when he has 90 carbs and he's like yeah i'm gonna go play football or soccer and we're like just don't even dose we'll figure out afterwards like i don't it's it's 100 degrees you don't need to go have a bunch of insulin ahead of time at least in our opinion and, and then you know he'll go play and then text my wife or me afterwards i got done playing and like all right well let's start guessing how much you need now because you know you stayed kind of level for 15 20 minutes but you're getting ready to shoot back up yeah that's that's been the one thing that we have not figured out the the math yet on how to put just a, a small amount on for the activity and then get the rest going before the spike yeah absolutely yeah. we get hit with the spike almost every day mm. So, you know, two hours later, we finally get him back down and then it's, you know, time for basketball practice or golf or something else. Is it not, is it not just as, I mean, I guess uh, as I'm getting ready to say that, I guess it's not, but I was going to say, is it not just as easy as bolusing during the, you know, towards the end of the activity, but he's doing something. So he's not going to stop to remember to do that, I guess. No, he's not going to stop, honestly. Yeah. No, he's just not. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we point blank asked him to, yes, he would. But let him play. This is that's his fifteen or twenty minutes of freedom throughout the day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Um, and that's a ninety carbs for a lunch. It, is it a? It's a fair amount of insulin for him too, I would imagine. Yes, it is. I mean, he'll go anywhere from sixty to ninety. Ninety is probably pretty high. That one day, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted. We we tr- do not limit him on what he wants to eat and let him he needs to put on weight he needs to grow unless you think that first year that we really didn't have good control uh his blood sugars were way too high all the time i I don't think he got as much nutrition that's what we're being told as he needed to uh just because his blood sugars are too high and he's a little bit behind in height he's gonna be he's a late bloomer anyways i was a late bloomer my wife was my daughter was you know very late Mm -hmm. so I mean, he should be going into his freshman year, and because of his late birthday, he's just going into eighth grade now. We held him back a year. He's still one of the shorter kids, even though I'm yeah. fairly tall. Both his grandfathers are very tall, but I was 99 pounds, five foot one, my freshman year in high school. 
you know, my junior year, I was six foot one. So, I mean, I ended up growing late. Do they check his thyroid for you during the blood work? Oh, yeah. Thyroid, uh, they actually started scanning his hands to see his growth plates, I think, mm-hmm. the growth factor. They're a little worried about that, but I think he's slowly catching back up. But no, his thyroids have been fine. Okay. They haven't had any issues. Everything in the correct range. Uh, we like his new doctor. He's very analytical. Look me. He, he spends a lot of time with you going over all the test results, explaining everything, where he is. Um, he's he's kind of the mad scientist type. And we just kind of like the way he addresses everything, very point blank and goes throughout the entire chart. So we kind of know, you know, why is this number this and this number is this. And then his uh, PA is really good here in town that really helps more with the car ratios. Like, hey, I think you can kick this up a bit more. Try working on this. Do me one favor. Go check the last lab work when you get a chance. And just make sure that his TSH isn't just in range. Make sure it's below two. Below two right now, now. Because if it's like three or four, they'll say it's in range. But that's very indicative of... um, him needing a, a thyroid replacement. And that could be a reason for like slow growth. Meanwhile, th- this could all be wrong, but it's just worth looking at because they'll call like a three TSH in range and it's okay. optimal and in range are two different things. Absolutely. We'll do it. Yeah, cool. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, the other thing about the activities, it just sucks. Like you could, you know, you're using Omnipod Fiverr. I would say you could use a, you know, maybe an extended bolus where it didn't, he didn't get anything up front, but it started to go in, I don't know, over an hour. And that way, mm-hmm. as he's eating, you like, you know, thinking about an old extended bolus, like you, so many algorithms now. Uh, but, you know, if you ate at noon and you said, oh, this is 60 carbs, I'm going to extend the bolus, give it to me over an hour, and I want 0% up front. So basically, yeah. it would like, you know, whatever that is, say you were one for 10, so you're going to get six units, it would slowly give you six units over the hour, and that might get him past the the activity. And then have, That's a, a good idea. you know what I mean, then have enough going so that it's, it's active and starting to work as the spike comes around. That's just one of the, the ways I would think about it. Yeah, um, and I found going to manual during the day, if he's got a sticky high and bumping up his basil pretty good gets him down better than just keep hitting him with boluses. It, it just, for whatever reason, maybe I'm not hitting him hard enough, but without crashing him, uh, I can usually get him down better. Um, if we don't give him his insulin fast enough or he just has a sticky high, which still happens too frequently, but mm-hmm. that's on the five. It seems to work best for us to get him down without just, you know, a crash and catch situation all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be doing that if you don't have to, for sure. No, absolutely not. Uh, So, but Omnipod 5 overnight's been great for you. You're sleeping again? Yes, I'm sleeping again. Uh, Absolutely. I don't think we would not be sleeping without it. I mean, from almost the first week, uh, it it has been great as far as the night times go. And it took, you know, a month or two for things to kind of settle out, but we weren't that great before. So, my expectation, it it didn't take much to impress me. Like I said, we were coming out of, you know, shooting pretty low. (laughs) You're like, like, my bar is not high, Scott. (laughs) 
just I would like to just sleep a couple of times a week. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Now we joke if uh, if he if I'm up all night, it's because I screwed something up with his meal for dinner, or we we just we screwed it up. It wasn't anything else. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the pot. Something we did messed it up. Arden had Chinese food last night, and for like the first hour or so, I was like, "Wow, her her bolus was really great." And then I kind of started working in the evening and I just like, I silenced my phone. I was making the podcast. And when I, when I was done, I looked up, I'm like, what the hell happened to your blood sugar? And she was downstairs like cooking. She was baking. And she's like, I don't know. I've been baking and like, it's not going well. And I'm like, well, I'm like, you're way off here on your blood sugar. Like your blood sugar was like almost 300 is like 280 or something like that. I was like, you did not. And I looked, I'm like, this is the amount of carbs you did for that food. She goes, yeah, I'm like, that's not enough. So she's like, well, I've been trying to push it back down. I'm like, I'm like, screw that. And we just injected a bunch like of insulin. So like I did a quick calculation in my head and I was like, look, you're gonna have to inject some, like, let's get ahead of this. Um, you know, and so she did and she came back down really nicely. Uh, but I think she missed, she missed those carbs by my gosh, a lot, maybe 20. And that was enough to really cause a problem. Isn't that funny? Like just, just missing it by 20 carbs and it feels like you didn't even give yourself insulin. So it, it sure like looks like it yeah, on, the, yeah. on the graph. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing is don't look at the arrows, look at the graph. We've learned that from your podcast as well. The arrows will scare you, but if you look at the graph and see the, the numbers, you can, you can kind of tell he's leveling out. We don't need to panic right now. Yeah. Cause I mean, we'd be panicking maybe, you know, whatever, 122 straight down and giving him juice. And then literally the next reading, a minute later, it's like 121 straight down. Like the, the arrow stood straight down, but he only went down one. And we just, you know, now we're giving him corrections. So we, we've learned to look at the graph, trust our son when he says he needs it or he doesn't need it. You know, right now it's just struggling with a act, very active 13-year-old boy. Right. Uh, I mean, even last last night, just, you know, he was invited by a friend of mine to go play in a golf tournament. So his son and I and Drew and I, uh, his son and him and Drew and I went and played golf and got back afterwards. And a meal that we've nailed, one of the few that we hit every time, he, he was tanking afterwards. I mean, just four units. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, the walking. And I... Yeah, oh, we were in a cart. No, I don't walk. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a hundred and one at seven o'clock last night. Uh, Scott, why no. am I working so hard if I have to walk during golf? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know. And we took the the best golfer uh, in town with us, invited us, and so you know, my son's like, we got second place. It's like you realize we used like we have to use one of each of our shots, and he only used one of each of our shots. He 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 shot the other ones. And that's why we got second place. If there was any other person on this team, he would have got first place, but he had to use our three shots. That's why we lost. <laughs> do you, do you notice like, does your son drop with golf usually? Drop uh, when he played for his school, he did great. And they have to walk actually. They can use a push cart. So he has to walk nine holes. That was easy to manage. Like it, he was as straight as an arrow. He'd start dropping a little bit. He'd drink a little Gatorade or eat, you know, some goldfish and he'd come, you know, right back level. Never had any issues. Basketball was a whole nother story. Luckily, I was able to coach him and we'll be able to coach him next year. Uh, practices, you know, every five or six minutes, I'm, I'm sugaring him up some more. 
uh, it's funny, the first game, every game, honestly, his adrenaline just spikes him, like, to the through the roof. Yeah. Like, the head coach would be like, hey, you know, how's Drew doing in the game? Do I need to take him out? It's like, this blood sugar's 350. Leave him in. Like, he's just, he's so amped up. We can't, I'm giving him insulin during games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's interesting how you, th- does the adrenaline hit him every time? Every game. Yeah. I mean, second he goes in, he, he's going straight up. Have you tried giving him a little bit for the adrenaline before before he plays? Uh, no. Because um, second it's done, it comes straight back down. Yeah, you got to eat. You got to eat at the end. But you can mitigate the adrenaline a little bit if you if you bolus for it. We actually learned okay. that during basketball. So, um, yeah, we, we figured it out when Arden was little she played in like a little rec league and mm-hmm. and we were very early on with diabetes still like and by the way in my mind early on meant like five or six years into it i still didn't really know what i was doing completely and um one day my wife and i were like sitting in the stands and i'm like man some days we come to this game and her blood sugar is super stable and other games we you know come to she shoots way up and it took us a while to figure out that arden was pretty competitive but that, mm-hmm. but that she didn't see all the other girls as a threat, just some of them. So when she got to a game where she thought, like, wow, we're really going to have to play if we want to win, she'd get the adrenaline bump. And if she saw, like, a bunch of cream puffs when she got there, she was, like, all she coasted through it. It was very interesting to figure out. So we started uh, – it's actually kind of one of the tenets of the podcast came from this, which is people always ask, well, you know, how do – like, when I'm – first trying to learn about how much insulin I can use and I'm trying to use extra. I don't, I never know how much extra I can safely use. And I used to say, well, bolus for a juice box. And if you need it, then great. And if you don't, then the juice box is basically just pre bolused And so we started doing that with the, with the basketball. If we thought this was a game where she might jump up, we gave her an insulin, an amount of insulin that a juice box could cover. And then if the adrenaline came, then great. Then the adrenaline and the insulin fought with each other. And if the adrenaline didn't come, then she would drink the juice. And we basically just pre bolus for a juice. And then we learned that after basketball that was bolused for, you did have to get to food pretty quickly afterwards. You didn't have a you didn't have a long time before the adrenaline went away and a little too much of that insulin was still left over, if that all makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. Your daughter sounds like my daughter when it comes to sports. <laughs> She hates to practice, only steps up for the big games or when it matters, and then just kind of lollygags around the other times. It's like maddening sometimes. Uh, Ar- Arden you know, played, actually- yeah, 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 yeah. Arden played pretty competitively uh, for softball. She was, when she was 12, they were two wins away from going literally to the Little League World Series. And they were in, yeah. they were in Connecticut playing in like a regional championship. And, and you could tell like it hit her hard and you had to hit back. And it just, mm-hmm. there was no, there's no perfect answer for some of these things. Adrenaline is one of them. Like if you're going to fight it off so that you don't have a high blood sugar so you can perform, you just have to be ready on the backside to catch it. Like that's, yeah. just, that's what we found. Um, I wish there was a better answer than that, but there just isn't really. Yeah. That's just part of the, having to manage it day by day. Yeah. hundred um, percent. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I think. He he's had a good attitude. I'm praying that it stays. I know you asked that earlier, but he's had a really good attitude throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. He's probably had a better attitude than my wife and I had, you know, 
you, you want him to have a good attitude. I'm glad he does. So yeah. he just wants to be a normal kid. He does what he has to do. We're thankful that my daughter was not the one type one because we'd be, you know, she'd forget or not care or not want to do it. And she's a great kid, but she's just a free spirit in a lot of ways. Right. He's our diligent one. Like, hey, dad, it's uh, school night. It's 1030. I'm going to go to bed now. You forgot to tell me. No, she'd stay up till one in the morning if you let her. <laughs> How come no one's mentioned sleep? It's two. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Well, yeah, you still have to wake up and go to school, honey. Ah, I'm fine. Tell tell me this. You find the podcast. You find it valuable. You said, but your wife doesn't listen to it. Does she like what's that like? Because you you used a phrase in your intake letter that is a is something that goes through my head constantly. Like, what, what did you say? You said, uh, I'm finding it here. Hold on a second. I'm struggling, found the podcast. Um, it made sense to me. However, it took me time to convince my wife, oh, to trust uh, that I learned something from some guy on the internet. Yeah, like that's exactly, by okay. the way, yeah. that's my level of common sense too. I wouldn't listen to me if I was in a reverse situation. I'd be like, I am not making a decision about this based on some story a guy told on a podcast. How do you get that to her? How do you say, look, I, I heard this thing. I did it. It worked. How do you make her kind of believe in it, especially if she doesn't listen to it? Slowly over time. Like, hey, and then something I'll say, and then maybe one of the doctors or somebody else we know will mention the same thing. I think it just has to be reinforced uh, by another source mm-hmm. um, other than other than me or, you know, or me. quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please don't take it personal. Please. I, I just she wants everything verified and doesn't want to make a mistake. And yeah. it's just, that's why it's going to go a little slower. Yeah. Uh, I think in the last three or four months, it, it's, we just realized, okay, it's time. We really got to get on top of this. You know, he's at school now, no more excuses. Uh, we really got to uh, make sure he has the best care we can give him. And what we were doing is not working. You know, he, he still has A1Cs under seven. And sometimes I don't know how. I, I just don't. He sits right about six, nine, seven all the time. Our goal is to get him down closer to the lower sixes by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you were just hoping like maybe this will just get better? Did you ever have no, that? No, I, I knew it wasn't going to get better. Okay. My, my only thinking along those lines is that I keep hearing once he gets in this early twenties, it'll be easier. Is what I keep getting told that, you know, his body's not changing all the time. His hormones aren't quite as crazy. So that's the only knowledge I've heard. Other than that, I, I just hear, hey, the next three to six years are going to be hell. Like, you know, once you get something going for a week or two, it's going to change. So just, you know, yeah. hang on. I don't know. It's 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 a I, I get the sentiment. I understand the messaging. I wonder if people can take it a little farther and realize that if you wait seven years for something to regulate, which is a word that is meaningless, but um what you're going to do is you're going to build bad habits in the seven years. It's not going to matter once you get there anyway, because you're going to start accepting it. Like just, Oh, this is what it does. And you know, you just keep accepting failure and accepting things you don't want. You go, but it'll be better in the future, in the future. I think you get to the future and you don't even know how to manage it anymore. I, I, it just sucks, but it's a, it's a thing you have to dive into. You have to understand it. And once you get the basics down, like the real understanding of how insulin works and what the different variables are and what the situations are. I think it translates to everything, age, you know, hormones, Mm -hmm. weight, the whole thing. It just takes time. And it's hard to, it's hard to 
to give that much time and attention to something that it doesn't feel like you're really understanding or, or getting any better at. And it's so hard to explain to people, but really like time and effort is that's all it is. You can just keep putting in the effort and the time and eventually it starts to make sense to you. And before you know it, you don't really remember that part anymore. It's just, you know, hard, hard to believe that in the, in the, in the moment, I think. Yeah, definitely. When you're living in the moment, it's hard to see the big picture sometimes. Yeah. You got to step back and just, okay, hey, we need to reevaluate. Let's just kind of put it on the table and pick one or two things that we can try and see if we can do better and get better results. Mm. I think we got his basal rates a lot better now. Definitely use like his weight as a factor and how we calculated it. I know it's not supposed to change what's going on with the Omnipod five, but when he goes to manual mode, you know, it's definitely way higher than it was before. Mm. Um, I think he's at 0.75 an hour now and he weighs about 80 pounds. I think it was at 0.5 before for the last year or so. Yeah. That seems, that seems like it might've been too low. Yeah. I think it was definitely low. Um, so we've adjusted that. It's made an improvement and just, I'm not waiting as long to give corrections. We used to wait till the alarm went off and the alarm was way too high. So now I, I look down and like, Hey, you're you're 180 now. Let's do a correction. Let's not wait to 250 or whenever the alarm is supposed to go off. Yeah, and that, that's helping too. So I think it's just going to be incremental. Okay, let's see what we can get away with. All right, 180 was fine. Let's try out 160. Let's, let's see then. Yeah, and use the rest of the summer to really kind of get it nailed down that's before the, he gets back to school. Nick, that's the key. If you move that low alarm to 140, his A1C will be more like six. Yeah, I think the problem is right now. It, if he's eating, he's over 140 all the time. Like he's never not over 140. Is that, are you pre-bolusing the meals? Doing a better job now than I was even two months ago. Okay. Yes. So we're still uh, probably not quite enough. I've heard on Omnipod 5, you don't pre-bolus quite as much before. That's what a lot of people, I think I've heard that once or twice before. I'm not sure. You know, I've, I've heard people say that too. And I have to be honest with you. I don't understand why that would matter. I'm not, I'm okay. not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I honestly, that I'm out of my depth on that right there, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We are getting a slowly more aggressive on pre-bolusing. Uh, we're now probably about 10 minutes before, sometimes a little bit more than that. I've, I've noticed sometimes that when we pre-bolus, we don't have to give them quite as much insulin either. Yeah, because, well, when you're, when you don't allow the blood sugar to jump up, then you don't need extra insulin to fight the high. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, rule of thumb, I don't know, but 10 minutes seems short to me. So um, you're, you're looking for a pre-bolus that, that if in, in, a, in some sort of a regular food, meaning you're not like, I don't know, having like a giant glass of like a Slurpee or something like that, like something reasonable, you know? Yeah. I would say that your pre-bolus should hold you wherever you are for at least the first 45 minutes. I, I, you know, a good, a good pre-bolus, you're not going to see a spike in the first 45 minutes or an hour. And, and then if, if you okay. see one after that and it goes up and never comes back, then I think you didn't have enough insulin. If, um, you know, if you pre-bolus 10 minutes, you go up and crash back down, then that sounds more like the pre-bolus wasn't long enough. Like there's the, actually there's a person, there's a person online who made a list 
of things I've said about pre-bolusing. I should find it because I, I read it and I was like, this is great. What is this? And and I asked, I said, where'd you get this from? She goes, it's all things you've said. I just put it like in this little like, you know, graphic. And I was like, oh, I should quote myself more often. I'm like, I think this is right. Uh, but it's there's, there's a, a place, right? I mean, I don't think I talk about this nearly enough in the podcast anymore. But a pre-bolus is... Um, if you've heard me say this, I guess you could stop me, but it's like a tug of war. And so like, if you think of a classic, like schoolyard tug of war, there's a rope and there's a team on the left and a team on the right. And we yell go and both teams pull the, you know, the goal is for one of the teams to yank the rope to the other side. But a pre-bolus is, is very similar. You have insulin on one side, you have the food on the other side of the rope and but the goal is different. We don't want one side to win. We want the the flag in the middle of the rope to stay in the center. So if you think about that flag in the middle of that rope as a steady line, and then instead of thinking of them pulling left and right, kind of turn it in your head so that, you know, um, in, the insulin's pulling down and the food's pulling up. Like when you see a stable line that has active food and insulin in it, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the insulin is pulling. You're seeing that the food is pulling but that neither can overpower one another. So as you move forward in that timeline, that middle of that rope just stays on the same plane as it began on. And then eventually the insulin wears off as the food impact is wearing off and everybody drops the rope and we just keep going into the future. So no one can win. Like that's what you're trying to do with a pre-bowls. You're trying to set up a fight that no one can win. And that kind of ends at the same time, meaning the insulin starts to you know, go away as the impact of the carbs goes away. That's a stable line during food. That's all that is. If you don't have that, then you're going to get all the things that you've described. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Good. 100%. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, a, it's a tug of war that you don't want anybody to win. But you still have to fight it. You still have to play it out. So instead of yelling, go, and everyone starts pulling, you tell the insulin it's allowed to pull first because it doesn't pull it full power as soon as you yell go. So you say, insulin, start pulling. And it pulls a little bit on the rope and doesn't really move it. Then the rope starts to move a little bit, a little more. And then just as it starts to get its power up and it's really starting to yank that rope and you think, oh, wait, they're going to win. They're going to yank it over to the side. That's when the food comes in and starts pulling back again. The food doesn't usually need, some foods don't need as much time to start pulling so you let the insulin start pulling first, and then you say, okay, carbs, it's about to get you know off balance here. You start pulling now. And that's sort of it. I mean, to me, that's what a good pre-bolus is. No, it makes 100%. Um, and I, I appreciate you saying it again. I've heard you say that before. But yeah. I think, you know, especially the way our talk is going today, it, it's been more technical and less storytelling. And I think that's important, too. I think just a good reminder Hey, here's what we need to do. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, Nick, like it's funny. I've heard you say things throughout the episode and I can have, like, if I'm not paying attention, my tendency will be, oh, that's there already. I did an episode about the math of your basal insulin, except mm -hmm. every, everyone doesn't hear that. You, you know what I mean? So like, as, mm -hmm. as you kind of keep the podcast alive, you have to throw stuff back in once in a while and remind people like, go check. Like in the end, like, 
you know, if I kept saying the same thing over and over again every day, nobody would listen, oddly. But if I forget to say it every once in a while, then it doesn't help anybody. It's uh, like a weird balance. No, I, no I, I appreciate both sides of your podcast. I mean, especially when you, you know, try to make someone's mom blush with some crude joke. And I, I laugh every time. <laughs> I, was, I was not going to work that into my conversation. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that at your job. Uh, but I, I, I'm allowed to. Um, no, I, I can't, but my wife will slap me upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> Things need to stay light, Nick, or I don't, I don't understand how you'd keep listening. Like I seriously, like, no, I, no, you know you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. It, it needs to have, yes, it can't just be technical all the time. Like no one would listen. It, you need to have some, some humanity behind it. Mm-hmm. There's a massive, um, diabetes organization who has had a podcast for ever. Before they knew they were called podcasts. Do you know what I mean? Like they were putting audio Mm -hmm. on the internet, right? And Mm -hmm. it took them, I think my, I think what I heard recently, if I'm right, it took them like 12 or 15 years to reach a million downloads. I don't, I've never listened to it, but I'm going to guess they know what they're talking about, right? They must send on doctors and all that stuff. 12 or 15 years to, to get to a million downloads. And at the moment, I'm doing a million downloads every 60 days. That's and, incredible. Right. And so what's the difference? I don't know because I haven't heard their content. But what I'm going to guess is uh, their thing's not fun to listen to. No, it's boring. Yeah, I'm going to guess. And so, again, you could have the secret to life, but nobody listens to it. I don't, is it, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, did it, you know, did it make a sound, Uh, you know, so that, that's the thing, like, and that's what, that's what happens a lot in this space. The people's like, well, this is good information. I'm like, great. I I put it down somewhere. Great. Nobody heard it. Nobody's drawn to it. The person, somebody did hear it. They weren't, they didn't think to tell somebody else about it. You might as well not have done it. And I mean, I'm happy for anybody that's trying to help anybody. But if you make something for 15 years and it takes them, it, it takes that long to get a million extensively, no one's listening to it. Like you, you should be able to reach that number much more quickly. And, um, and I think that and they're probably spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing or more. Oh, and I'm you certain. Don't have to spend a dime. Yeah, I'm. You know, quite certain yeah. that that's a thing. Like they, they, they're maybe getting. If I use twelve years, they're getting eighty three. They're getting eighty three thousand a month. If I use fifteen years, because I can't remember what the number is, I heard they're getting sixty six thousand a month. So now you're talking about a month to reach what this show does in a day. And it's just, you're not going to, anyway, I bring that up because if you got to say stupid shit and be funny and have fun or no one's going to listen and then nobody gets helped. And then a bunch of academics just sit around and go, I don't know what's wrong with these people. We told them and you told them nobody listened. You're in a doctor's office saying something in a way that is completely uh, impossible for people to pick up were put into practice like just because you said it out loud doesn't mean you help them like that's not you know what i mean like because that's the case nick you're a parent it would just why don't you just carve out six hours today sit down tell your kids all the rules of life and then give up because the, you told them they got it now um anyway i don't know why i got upset about that <laughs> i think it's because no, it, of the beginning of your conversation and uh, how poorly you were were led in the beginning it made me upset for you 
Well, and, and the funny thing is they have a million downloads and probably most people turned it off after five minutes. Very possibly. It, it, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I don't that know is how it counts. I don't know how y'all's industry counts downloads, but if you just click on it, listen to it for five minutes, does that count? I mean, I can't tell you how many I've clicked on and like, nah, this, this guy's not for me or this girl's not going to work or this, this isn't the right message I'm looking for. And yeah. you know, never went back. Yeah, I'm saying downloads. It, they're not that you're 100% right. They're they're not the full measure. The full measure is is engagement. You know, mm-hmm. the full the full measure is that your wife doesn't want to listen to the podcast, but she's still in the Facebook group. They, oh yeah, she'll yeah. tell me stories in the Facebook book. Hey, you know, you know, whatever story is that catches her eye and, you know, we'll have a conversation about that. Yeah. That helps in our in management of our son. Mm-hmm. It just she doesn't like to sit down and listen to uh, podcasts when yeah. she ever has her free time. She not her thing. Is, it's not her thing. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah. But I think this has helped get us on the right track. Without yeah. it, we'd still be stuck. You know, same thing we were doing two or three years ago, even with a good doctor. Yeah, because we were scared. Like I didn't, you know, I had no idea, and there was no no one explained it. And I think right. getting past that barrier was, was the first step or realizing there was a barrier there and then going, you know, okay, we got to get past this barrier. This isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of get tongue tied on it, but it, it's just, you look back and you, you just can't like, how did I even, why did I do that? Or right. I could have done so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You it, second guess a bunch. hundred percent. I'm going to finish up what you said here because I, something popped into my head, but um, as far as reaching people with your ability to help them, whether it's, you know, a person making a podcast or a doctor or something like that, it's engagement. Like if you want to really measure, if you're helping people see how engaged they are. Right. So I put a post up yesterday. Um, I have an idea for a new series. Uh, Jenny and I are going to do it together. And, you know, Jenny and I are going to kind of build a syllabus on one side. And then we wanted to have listeners input on the other side. And we were going to use those things to feed each other while we're recording. It's all kind of boring right now. Don't worry about it. Um, But I put a post up online and I ask a simple question with three examples of my question. And today it is not quite 24 hours later. And that post has 189 responses. And they're not just one word. They're well thought out paragraphs from people, like 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 really like well thought out responses. And if mm-hmm. you can't if you can't elicit that kind of response, no one's really listening. Like that's just how that works. Like you, you can get, like you said, you can count your download, but if that person isn't willing to speak up and help, or if I mean even advertising, if you put up an ad and nobody clicks on it. No, then I don't care how many downloads you have. What you don't have is engagement. You haven't really, I don't, I don't want to say the same word again, but you have not found a way to engage those listeners in a way that it makes this meaning for, the, for them. And, and mm-hmm. to translate that to doctors, it's the same thing. You ask a question and you don't get a response. If you're not having a real dialogue during the, the, you know, the meeting that you're having with your patient, you're not really connecting with them. And therefore, I don't care if you have a download, which is a doctor's visit, you know, in this case, you're not really going to make a dent in their life. Like, and that's just the truth. Like people, the, the problem is communication, whether it's at your doctor's office or somebody trying to make a thing online. If you're not a good communicator, um, you don't know how to keep people's attention. You don't know how to give them value for their time. You're not really helping them. And then those numbers are meaningless. You're, 
it's just wasted time in my opinion. Well, so. I think what helps you out too is you come across as having good energy, even though it's on a audio platform, you can just feel it when you listen to you, when you talk to somebody, you're engaged, you, you're listening to what we're saying. You have good energy. I don't know how else to describe it. Oh, that's nice. I'm interested in people. And people, and people feed off of energy. I mean, yeah. you'll watch one newscast over another because that newscaster has got better energy. They, they, you just, oh, that's got personality. They're not just sitting there reading from a script that, oh, you know, stock market's down today and there's a fire on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they have a personality. There's some energy there. I really love listening to people. I like hearing what they have to say. I have a... a a very big interest in this space moving in the right direction. Cause there's going to be a day I can't help my daughter. And I know for sure she's going to like at the moment, she's going to end up with a doctor who, if she's lucky has a, you know, a tangential understanding of diabetes. And so I'm trying to build a world where that's not true anymore. And, you know, it's, and it's my job on top of that. Like I'm a, I'm a, I grew up a blue collar person. Like this is my job. I do my job. You know, like mm -hmm. I happen to like it and actually be interested in it. But even on the days when I like sit here and like I just edited myself the other day when I was sick, like when I, I had COVID and I was listening to an episode where I had COVID and you can't tell. Like I still love my job and I still wanted to have that conversation with that person that day. Um, I don't know. That's the kind of energy we need from doctors, not them doing Donald Duck voices for your kid, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I shake my head every time. Nick, I got to tell you, it, just, it makes me want to curse. It's infuriating. <laughs> like, uh, I, it's insulting to yeah. some extent. I mean, it just really is. Like, yeah. I just don't know. Don't do that. I mean, he, he was old enough. Like, it, it, I know it's a children's hospital, but. Yeah, I, like Adjust. I said, we, we, we were done. We should have been done on day one with, with that group. I actually ran into uh, a guy I know who was on the board of that hospital, and he's like, hey, how'd your experience go? And I mm -hmm. said, you got 10 minutes? And he's just staring at me. And I was like, his eyes got real big. And I said, let me tell you about my experience. I said, I don't, I don't know if it went anywhere or not, but I said, here's, here's our experience and why we're not at your hospital anymore. Not even, it won't come back. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, Good. Good for you. Good for you, by the way, for telling them. I mean, it can't get any better if you don't know. I mean, it's one of my employees, you know, hey, we can do this better. And if I had no clue. Yeah, I can't make it better. Million percent. Good for you, man. That's excellent. All right. Is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have? Man, I think we're doing good. Um, like I said, I know I'm not the most interesting stories, but I really think you helped me out thinking through some of the issues we were having with Drew. And his, and his blood sugar. And I really appreciate your time. Of I really course. do. I know you got a lot going on. I got to make this podcast, man. I don't have a lot going on until, trust me, recording a podcast <laughs> every day is one of the most important things I do. The whole thing falls apart. So don't thank me for, don't thank me for no. doing it. I appreciate it. And, and don't knock yourself. Like you, you were very engaging, did a great job telling your story. Like it's, you know, I, I know you're, but you're thinking like, I didn't tell a story of like doing heroin and being like, <laughs> <laughs> man i'm sorry i'm pretty pretty lame when it comes to that my kid didn't uh, have DKA no on a, stories yeah, yeah. Uh, his dk didn't happen on a speedboat is that what you're worried about don't worry they all that was a good one no no it didn't uh <laughs> the only thing like, he was eating a hot dog when this happened and he will never eat a hot dog again as far as he's concerned like he he would i don't want a hot dog it just mm. makes me think that day and uh, that's fine. i had kfc uh, uh like a chicken tender the day my appendix burst and I, I, for years, if I smelled it, like I was scared, 
Like, I, I believe it. It was weird the way my brain put that together. It was like, I think the chicken tender tried to kill us, which is obviously not what happened. But it, it's, it scared the hell out of me. I was just, I was out one day doing a bunch of stuff. You know, I was a, a young, uh, my, I was a young father. I wasn't that young. Uh, but my kid was young and uh, we were out running around trying to get ready to go on this trip. And um, he's like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, we pulled into a drive through and I got him like these little chicken tenders. And I gave them to him and I had one. And like six hours later, I'm in a hospital and I don't know, man, that that smell of that chicken scared the crap out of me for years after that. So I, I understand your kid doesn't want a hot dog. That's for sure. <laughs> no, ridiculous. does not at all. Yeah. Nick, the only thing I'm upset with you about is you did not say anything that's going to make it easy for me to find a title that that's that's on you. <laughs> I know. I thought about that. And I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm letting you down, man. My <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm I'm trying to stick up for a couple of the dad. You know, you, you have like 90% moms on here, and every once in a while we'll get a dad on here. So I appreciate uh, that very much. I wish more men would come on, to be perfectly honest with you. They're all, and they always seem to lean more um, emotionally available, I think, as a probably like a polite way of saying it. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but, um, every once in a while, like you get a guy on who's like a real, like, man's man. I'm like, this is excellent. They just like, they're not worried about what people think, and you know they're they're just like saying what they what they're getting at. I love that. I can't think of the guy's name. Did a glass replacement on vehicles. I know he's gonna he'll be upset if he hears this, and I can't remember his name. But I love that episode. Oh. Like so, yeah. you know that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm. I hope I hope more guys like you reach out. So I appreciate it very much. No, and and I know they listen, and I encourage them to reach out, and uh, it's for the betterment of their own kids or themselves, and um, without listening to you i don't know where we'd be right now and i really appreciate it i hear what you're saying nick i'm terrific we'll, we'll leave it at that you are <laughs> absolutely my friend all right all right hold on one second for me sure thanks a huge thanks to dexcom for being longtime sponsors of the juice box podcast dexcom.com slash juice box head over there now get started today Arden started using a contour meter because of its accuracy, but she continues to use it because it's durable and trustworthy. If you have diabetes, you want the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. There's already so many decisions. Let me take this one off your plate. Contournext.com slash juicebox. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast. Type 1 Diabetes. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording wrongwayrecording.com.